Hello. Hi, John. Hey, Merlin. How's it going? Good. I had a little hot plug situation. Hot there. plug. Did you get it fixed? You feel I like? did. I hot, I hot plugged it. I hot unplugged it, and I hot plugged it. Woof. Yeah. You never know, though. You never know, and it, this is this is how you know it's OCD. Is because then you go and, and you think the thing worked, and then later on, of course, you find out it didn't work. Too late. Oh boy. Yeah, I got but a message about that. Just the checking other day. on it. You know, somebody somebody said uh, you did, the files didn't come through, and I was like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. Uh, know what I mean? Oh, it happened mm. to me last week. It happened to me. Uh, I stand here. I, I stand here, a mute witness to the problems mm-hmm. of technology, but not. Yeah, you know, I'm mute because I don't have any files to upload. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here, you. You know what I think it is? I think it's a daemon. Running, uh, uh, it's ooh. running scripts in the background. Oh, you think uh, might be some script kitties uh, running yeah. some Israeli Stuxnet? Stuxnet? That's, that's what I Stuxnet. That's what I think it is. Mm. Mm, oh yeah, ba- baby Mossad. Mm. Ah, mm. Mm. What, what ah. are you What are you eating or, or drinking? <laughs> that you're making a sound right exactly between eating and drinking, and mm-hmm. which makes it worse. What, what it's is that? Coffee. It's coffee. Uh, the most delicious you. thing to eat and drink. Mm. Um, my sleep's all screwed up again but only shit. last night only last night i hmm. just just to, re- uh, to review could you review please just quickly because i yeah. know we're getting new listeners literally every day i read the mm-hmm. trades um john you have a long history of having a um shall we say a problematic i hate the fucking word you, your Oof. sleep has sucked for years and been erratic and strange and and you felt bad about it which is what yep. we in buddhism call the second arrow then yep. um s- not, i don't want to say out of nowhere but recently you turned a corner Start there. What what happened when you turned a corner recently, John? Turned a John? corner, boy. I started sleeping like a regular person, and it was, you know, I think I was always afraid. The other day, against all better judgment, I was on Facebook because I, I had a- <laughs> Come on, we've talked about this. I know, but I, I had a friend die. A, a, oh. a, a, a local guy. My friend died, rocker, too. Good for you. Rocker, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going around. Uh, p- people who listen uh, over time might, have heard, might remember uh, Punk Rock Davey. Punk Rock Davey died. Oh shit! I'm sorry. And uh, you know that's the thing, though. If if Punk Rock Davey was here on the program, he would say, "I never thought I'd live to be 52 yeah. or whatever." And I would go, "You're right, Davey. You never did." When Davey was 19, he said, "I'm gonna die when I'm 40." Wow. So he outlived his. When he outlived it, you know. So I went on Facebook because some friend of mine I hadn't heard from in 25 years wrote me through LinkedIn. That's said, just, you know you're not supposed to do that. I was reading just today on the internet that that is considered, especially when you're contacting a reporter or a source, vice or versa, that is considered the the rudest way to contact somebody, worse (laughs) than a phone call. Email is okay. I read this today. Jamel, Jamel oh. or uh, yeah, Jamel Bowie uh, retweeted this on the internet. I, okay. I, I, I'm not actively on LinkedIn, but sometimes you're saying you got to get in through the cracks, like like a little water bug. Well, it's a thing where uh, I'm going down. I'm going down my emails. I'm doing the Merlin Man. I'm I'm 53 foldering. Oh. I'm <laughs> I'm zeroing it out. And uh, tau, tau, tau. disconnect the call. <laughs> tau, tau, tau. You know, just <laughs> deleting all those. Oh, that's a, another junk mail from, from Wayfair, even though I've unsubscribed 40 times. John, they've got just pow, what you pow, need. Pow. Yeah? Huh. Wayfair. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. And then there's <laughs> one from LinkedIn. And I'm like, I know I have set up every filter against LinkedIn. Good luck. And I... <laughs> And I'm like, how did this, how did this little snail get through here? Fuck you. And I'm about to ping it. And it has a guy's name that isn't the name I knew him by. Oh, back in the old this is like suddenly when a Tony becomes an Anthony. Well, but this wasn't even, th- this was a guy I knew as Jeff, but now it's Paul Jeff. 
I didn't know there was oh, a he, Paul did at he the get front married? of Jeff. No, okay. <laughs> oh no, he <laughs> was he always his wife's Paul. He was always P Jeff. But, but, but we didn't call him in Deutschland. We just said Jeff, and so I see this name, and I'm like, because uh-huh. it's a it's a distinctive enough last name, and I'm like, I feel like I know this guy, and it says it's a you know it's a male, and oh, I hate going to LinkedIn, but I clicked on it like, nah, you know, is this going to send me to something where it's like, hey, welcome back. Here's seven friends that we're going to make. I, it I would seem just like- expect I'm going to find out. I mean, let's be honest. The, the, yeah. the, the people have been trying to contact me for weeks to tell me that, let's say, for example, my mom died. Yeah. I, I always just expect it's going to be something fairly outlandish where people are. Fr- I've, I've, I can't tell you how I've gotten yelled at. Actually, technically, it was the weed delivery guy. I always tell oh. the weed delivery guy that I always tell them, look, it's a whole company. And I say, look, mm-hmm. I, have, I have lots of levels of filtering on my phone. So yes. it's okay. Just send it through the dingus. But like, if you call me, I'm probably not going to get it. And if I do get it, I won't get it immediately. And I got a stern lecture from a weed delivery man. We've been trying to call you for half oh. an hour. Oh, tisk tisk. Well, I've been here the whole time, you know, and and like, what what else is there to say? We'll be there with your weed. Uh-huh. What, what what are you what are you gonna? No, I mean, you need confirmation, Merlin. You need confirmation. I think I, it was good. No, it's two factor authentication. They're oh, send something I see. To your I gotta run my I gotta run my dongus, and I have yeah. to explain. Well, here's how it works. I live in a part of town where all the streets. Okay, now listen very have closely. No name? Well, it, it's it's worse than that. Every street is named alphabetically. Okay. Oh, yeah, and yeah, every no, and now here's where it gets down. <laughs> here's where it gets fun. It's a little bit like a little, little Manhattan. And then uh, what I want you to understand is all the avenues are named. Are you ready for this? Write this down numerically. Yeah, I know that too. I know you and know. You're, and you're at the of, corner of number and lettered name. I, and, well, that's, you're already saying too much, but it's true. It is accurate. <laughs> let's say I live at the corner of. I'll make this up. Let's say um, Anza Balboba. Uh, Alboba. That's not a thing. Al-Bobo. That's a T. Alboba. Alboba. Yeah. That's that's the guy that goes on the quest from the Shire. Yeah, but they had to, but they had to change the name of Alboba because it's San Francisco and it is, the, uh, it is. another person named Alboba. A different guy named yeah. Alboba had created a whole bunch of missions. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, and I say now here's the trick is that all and now that's that I just given you a good hint. I'm gonna throw it back to you here. Is that there's numbers and letters, but then it gets even better because all of the buildings have numbers on them. And if you follow those, here's the neat part is they, do, they go sequentially. I understand it would be confusing if the building numbers were non-sequential. Yeah, but you're, that talking, would be to real a, hairy. you're talking to a weed guy. It's a weed a company. Weed guy, the weed company, da, 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 da. They're not bound by your numbers and letters, bro. Oh, shit, man. He's landed on 1,000 fractions or more. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe 10,000 fractions. Okay, 10, so fractions, I you loved get their their original their that's original sound. To here. <laughs> they got uh you get uh you get uh, you're saying you get a LinkedIn email to a- oh. aware you because right. I now I'm going to so, start using words transit to aware you that you need to me. go to the LinkedIn I guess .io website yep. and there yep. you will find a note from somebody. Yep. Yep. At this point what's your emotional composure? Uh, well, I'm just trying to avoid... Are you mad at your filters? No, no, no. I'm just trying to avoid LinkedIn knowing anything about me or ever contacting me again. But this is a, this is a, this is a mail and I'm thinking, is this a solicitation? It's the only thing I can think of coming through LinkedIn. Right. You know, they're going to offer me a great job in the mining industry or something. Oh, special offers. I click on it. Here's Paul Jeff. He's like, Hey man, I haven't talked to you in a long time, which is true. Oh, shit. He's got a new job, and he and he's one of these fellas that I thought would never have a straight job ever, ever, ever in the world. He had sideburns that had seventeen layers, 
Like this guy was never going to have a job. And I'm, and I look at him and I, then oh, I he, of course, he built up like a, like a, like a scorpion. No, um, no, no. He's like, oh. he's like, he's like slicing them and dicing them with little, you know, he was like, Oh, he was listening to Skinny Puppy when the rest of us were not even didn't even know Skinny Puppy existed. I get it. He he he's a that rare person that actually uh, likes Ministry's new stuff better. <laughs> he had, bam, 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 he had a utility belt, <laughs> like full on, and one of the things in it was this thing that looked like a flashlight. But then he would does he whack have a Paul it. Jeff a Paul Jeffering? <laughs> it, it was a uh, it was a baton, and it came out like it a telescope out, and cop baton. Yeah, and it came out like oh. five feet. I've he, always wanted one of those. I know. It was really cool. And the way he deployed it, he would just pull it out and like... I could address a lot of fucking justice if I had a telescope and cop baton. People in Seattle like to talk about, oh, we had such a nice city and now it's all gone to shit. But the thing was in the early 90s, Seattle was a shitty, 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 scary place. It's like Portland without strippers. It didn't have strippers. And it was yeah. worse than Portland. Portland <laughs> could muster the, the danger that we had. And Jeff was not, let's say, he's not the tallest dude. But he was a formidable guy, and he had hmm. this baton. He had a flashlight. I think he had, I don't know what else, a flask, maybe a- Oh, some- hang on. Okay, let me make this easier for anybody who ever went to the cow house in Tallahassee, Florida. This is the guy who, he seems like he might be either the doorman or the stage tech, but maybe is neither. He and was the head bartender. And he's got, I'm guessing he's got Sharpies. He's got he's got probably a mag light or similar. He's maybe have a roll of tape. Does he? So his so his belt supports his uh, work lifestyle, right? Where he's like he's he's the bartender guy, but he might have to pull out his mag light and check the tap. Anything you know? And he well, but by the time he's tap so, man. So you know, I used to go in and after after I got fired from the job where we worked together, where I wasn't drinking, I was off ramp. Yes, there was a time when I was uh, where I decided I, that alcohol was bad for me, but the drugs were not. The drugs still had lots to offer me, and yeah. I quit drinking for eighteen months and just pursued drugs. Mm-hmm. And it was a very fruitful time. But at the end of it, I had gone from being addicted to alcohol and dabbling in drugs to being addicted to drugs. And yeah. then I was like... You don't always know that. At first, every time Guido closes the door, he opens a little bag of drugs. That's right. And then you think, oh, you know, I, there, I have so much to learn over here. It's becoming and, so clear that alcohol was the problem. <laughs> and at the end of that, I was on drugs and I was like, why am I just on drugs? I could be on alcohol too. It's a lot cheaper. And I went back to drinking, and I'd been fired from the off-ramp for a year at this point, and I started showing up in the bar. Mm. And, and Jeff and I had been <laughs> friends from the beginning, and he was like, what the hell are you doing here? And yeah. I was like, serve him up. And he was like, oh, no, come on, this is bad. And I was like, it is bad. Woo! <laughs> and so. Because now you're a lifestyle Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, this was the times, you know. And the, yeah. the, oh, the bar was a zoo. People When you're young, you don't always make good decisions. It's not that being old guarantees good decisions. But I have, uh, when, you, when one considers oneself uh, uh, average to above average intelligence, you'll sometimes mm-hmm. give yourself a lot of extra points for something that seems not obvious. And there's a reason it's not obvious, which is it's stupid. The pivot, yeah. the pivot, right? I mean, in time, in the fullness of time, you realize, whoa, pump the brakes, fella. Maybe neither of these is a good idea, which is an option I, I hadn't always completely considered. Didn't consider that at all. And this is, you know, I was much older now and wiser. I was 23, 24, 25, sure. ages that you think of as being like, now I really understand. Mm-hmm. But so I would drink in there, and then one day he ran, 
he ran uh, this credit card that I was using at a bank that was sending me very many letters to different addresses that I didn't live at anymore. And <laughs> this is a code we've never seen before, John. <laughs> and at one point, he came out. It says to put you in a small cage. And he had, you know, he wore a pork pie hat with the brim turned up, and he had the whole. What thing. was his facial hair at the time? He's, he's oh, got he's got seventeen uh, levels of sideburns. He did he have sideburns. Did he have any fun Al Jorgensen style mustache oh, beard? For- well, for sure, he had a long goatee, a long uh, soul patch that went all the way down, and might have even had a rubber band in it at some point. That's terrific. I, there was a lot going on. Okay. Anyway, he comes out and he snips the credit card in half oh, in front of in front of the whole bar. He's like, "Hey, bris. Roderick, snip!" Ugh. And I was like, "Oh, that's the end of that. Like yep, that was yep, 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 that yep, was yep. the last money I ever was going to see, <laughs> and I owe it to the I owe it to U.S. Bank now, uh-huh. and there." And then the U.S. Bank pursued me for 15 years for those drinks that I got. Anyway, so then yeah. I would come in and I'd sit at the bar and I'd be like, come on, come on. It's me, your old pal. And he, he, would, um, he would give me a drink. Mm. But then he would at some point, you know, the bar is just steaming. Everybody's in there. At some point he would come and he would get the, the gun and he would, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the soda gun, you know. the, the Oh, the ksh, ksh. Yeah, the pop gun. Yeah, yeah. And he would um, he'd lean over like he wanted to talk to me, and then he would hit me right in the face with soda out of gun, <laughs> soda water. Ah. And uh, that was what that was the cost of me uh, every once in a while getting a free drink from him was that every <laughs> once in a while he got to hit me in the face with soda. Everybody in the bar liked it. I loved it. You it's know? hilarious. He had it's, irrepressible clown traits. It's refreshing. <laughs> ah, yeah, you know, sure. He, he did. Mm, he had was that of, club soda or seltzer? <laughs> If he could have done it out of a flower on his lapel, it would have been even better. <laughs> uh huh. All right. And then eventually, I started doing. Uh, I started. Well, I I'd been doing uh, uh, meth. Uh huh. But then I started to uh, f- to freebase it, and then I started to. Then the the guys that were running the meth in the town were also in the bar, and it started to get really seedy in there because the uh-huh. meth guys started to take over. I bet, they, I bet they, when you think about the element they bring with them, I bet it uh, to the typical employee or patron, it's not improving the clientele when they, mm. what they drag in with them. No. And I was, I was exacerbating it because I was like, you know, one of the guys in the bar and then yeah. I'm over in the shady situation with these shady dudes and I didn't have any money, of course. So it was even shadier. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you got, you got paid in clown insults. It's just bad. And Jeff is the one kind of bartender and there, uh, and this is how you are a head bartender who just wasn't going to have it. So mm-hmm. then he, you know, out came the baton and he was like, all y'all go. And I was like, but not me. Right. And he was like, you too, fucker. Oh man! And then I was out. Shit! And I didn't see Jeff for a long time. And I thought, you know, oh, and then he opened his own bar. I knew that. It, so, and, so at this point, the the, the the what you're describing here, if I'm getting the chronology right, this is going to be early ish because you were you were at the off ramp in the Pearl Jam days. Yeah, is this what it was maybe ninety three, ninety four, ninety five? You got it right in okay. there, ninety three, ninety four. And that's, that's <clears> like the last time you saw him on the reg. Well, I ran into him. You know, I like, yeah, yeah. I, but but yeah. This was the last time that, that we were like, you know, because he... He started he a would, bar. Were you diswelcomed from the, the new bar as well? Oh, no, because then, then I was sober. And okay, all okay. of this was a long time before okay, I, okay. I became a known... I mean, I was a well-known person in among the scumbags. It was a long time before I was a known commodity in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I felt he was cheering me on from behind his bar. I felt like we were still 
friends. He would still open the paper and see my picture in there and go, ha ha, there he is. Look at that. Look at this asshole. He'd, <laughs> pick me probably, <laughs> he'd probably pick it up and show it to Punk Rock Davey, who was sitting at the end of his bar, <laughs> holding his shit together enough to not get the soda in the face. <laughs> so I click on it. There he is. Hey, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. I look over on the side and he's got a real, it's a restaurant job, but it's a GM. He's GM of a big That's restaurant. a lot of responsibility. It is, and I never thought. And I, then all of a sudden, I could picture it. Of course, he's the GM of a big yeah. restaurant. Of course, he is. You know, and he says, "Davy didn't make it." You know, or he says something that's not. He doesn't say Davy died. He just says Davy didn't make it. And uh, we're gonna have a thing for him at some point because somebody that knew him said, <laughs> somebody that knew him called Val and said, uh, "You know all the people that knew Davy. We put something together." Val doesn't know when, but maybe Sue will be there. And I was like, wow, Sue will hmm. be there. Okay, well. So I'm communicating with him through LinkedIn, <sighs> which is, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I have, still have his number in my phone if I'm not looking for it. Yeah. But then I'm like, ah, Davey. And you hadn't seen Davey. I know, I do remember that name. You hadn't seen Davey in a while, though. Well, but Davey had, so when I started <laughs> doing Roderick's Rendezvous at the Rendezvous, this is where you would go and do live sort of improv um, yeah. stories to the audience and stuff, right? Yeah, do, do, an, do an hour a week, but I would always have a guest. I, had, I tried to do some music. We had bits. You know, we read reader mail, but I always tried to have a guest. And over the years, you know, or over the, I'm sorry, the year that right. we did it, you know, like Hodgman came on. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. that came through town, I tried to put them up on there. But... When I first showed up at the rendezvous to start doing the show, as I'm walking through the bar, I hear, <laughs> and I look, and it's Punk Rock Davey, and the rendezvous is his bar now. His and place so, where he, the place that he claims as his bar. Yeah, this is, yeah. you know, he sits, he sits down at the end, you know. Okay. And so I hadn't seen Davey in a long time, and so all of a sudden we see each other every week, we're reacquainted, we sit and talk. You know, I, lo I always love Davey, and we're having a good old time. And at some point, halfway through the year, I'm like, Davey, I want you to be the guest tonight on Roderick's Rendezvous. And it's not even because I didn't have anybody else. It's because I want to mm -hmm. talk to you. And so he came up, and Davey always should have been famous. He had a lot of charisma. And so he came up. He did a, you know, he was the guest on the program. We talked about some stuff. He, he had a lot of wisdom to impart to everybody. And so I had had that time with him in recent years, you know, not super recently, but, but I mean, when I saw him at the rendezvous, I was like, whoa, Davey, you made it like you're, you're, you're 40, you're 42. And he was like, ha ha, woo, finger guns. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so at that I point, it seems like. You've gotten, well, I can't speak for everybody, but you do reach a certain point and different people reach this at different ages and then re-reach it at, at later ages. But you get to a point where you're like, I think I, uh, <clears throat> I think I made it through that one. I think yeah, I, I've, right. I've gotten, I've made it through the, I've crawled out of the various crucibles into which I've thrown myself over the years. And it seems like I'm probably pretty good from here. Yeah. I cleared, cleared the bar, right? Cleared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> clear <laughs> yes i know what you mean <laughs> yeah if Fosbury you, uh, flop uh, with if, the building i get it if you read about uh uh well not bing crosby fred astaire fred astaire had a whole career mm. with his sister in vaudeville he and his sister were a dancing team 
all the way in the vaudeville years before movies and they were massively famous in vaudeville like ditto ditto um ditto the marx brothers they had a whole career before the fame that we know them for whole career and and they were broadway superstars so much so that his sister retired and married a a duke an english an english lord so she she did kind of like the live theater version of a princess grace yeah she was 35 or something she'd that's had a, a good gig that's smart. she'd had 20 years dancing on broadway you know the the toast of the town and her brother was like well i want to go into pictures or somebody asked him to go into pictures and there was this moment where i was like well you can't keep dancing with your sister in in romantic films right and she said you know what i'm out and she goes and marries this duke and i was reading about the duke and he was one of these guys that died of alcoholism at 35 or something. i think they used to make it stronger was this before the depression Probably. Uh, this was pre-depression. Yeah, that's or maybe the thing right is Groucho before. lost. I mean, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to him. This has been true for lots of people. Like, for example, everybody knows there's this new book out by Dana Stevens where you can learn about, you know, uh, uh, Buster Keaton and how his family, oh, they yeah. used to throw him around on stage. That was the whole bit. They'd throw Buster Keaton as a as like a practically a toddler. They would throw <laughs> him on stage. The Marx Brothers were ridiculously rich, but then he lost it all in like oh. October, November of 29. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groucho lost it all. Yeah, he had to start over. And they started over, and look what happened. Yeah, you get to the, the big circus. Yeah, and then all right. of a sudden, Dick Cavett is sitting there uh, reading oh. aloud from your from your uh, from your day planner <laughs> in the nineteen seventies. A lot of people know that was Dick Cavett's <laughs> first word. Julius Marks. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/supertrain. You know about Squarespace, but I'm going to tell you about it because the existence of these ads implies that there are people who are not yet on Squarespace, which is not okay. So let me give it to you in pigs and bunnies. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Hmm. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You, you start with a professionally designed template, and by the way, you can change that template to a different template anytime, but it is beautiful, professionally designed, and then you use uh, these very easy drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. Make it your own. Build it beautiful. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more with just a few clicks and probably a few drags, but it's really easy. I mean, even somebody with RSI could totally go ham on Squarespace. They, they can just have that. And it's always uh, worth mentioning that all Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile. And that means your content is going to look terrific on any device or dingus out there. They do that heavy lifting for you. Free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. You know, the, uh, these are bullet points, but they're all really real, right? nothing to patch or upgrade, award-winning customer support. You can get a domain name, a unique domain name, I would point out. And plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. You can make whatever you want with Squarespace. If you will it, it is no dream. I have been using Squarespace for a long time, uh, many, many, many days. (laughs) And I'm a huge fan. You're using Squarespace right now because that is the place that we have always hosted, the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's also where I put my personal sites. Don't that don't hold that against them. 
I'm just, you know, I, 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 I should, I should probably make more sites. Maybe that would, that would get me excited, you know, but what I love is when I go in and I use Squarespace, it's crazy easy. I, I, I was using Squarespace a few minutes ago to post this uh, podcast episode. Well, I'm telling it a little bit out of order, but you get the basic idea. It's Squarespace. Just go get it. Get on it. Squarespace. So go to squarespace.com slash supertrain and you can get a free trial with no credit card required. And please listen closely. When you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code supertrain because that will save you uh, 10% off your first purchase of a website or a unique domain name. Squarespace.com slash supertrain. Remember to use that code supertrain. I'm not going to say it again. I'll come over there and slap you. I'll do it. <sighs> Thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line. And all the great shows. So okay, all Dave. of this draws me then to Facebook because I know it's the because I know on Facebook there's a Facebook page for the off ramp in the early nineties. So that all oh, wow. the all the people that worked at the off ramp in the early nineties can go on there and share their blurry photos taken with disposable cameras yeah. of one another, like totally shit faced fallen down and uh and it's just for the staff uh and you know so it's like a it's a, no again i'm just gonna say this phonetically that's what they would call like a private group like somebody administers that and then they decide they literally as with a doorman will decide who's allowed in you pass muster as somebody who used to work here you can come into the uh well, maybe or maybe no one would care. Who other else would than, care? Okay. Other than those people, right? But it does feel like a high school reunion page a little bit. Although there were probably only <clears throat> what thirty-five of us who ever worked there. It's always the same people. Posting. But Davy had been before Davy arrived at his new place where he has a seat at the end. He he was back when you were at the off ramp. Was he coming to the off ramp when you worked there? Oh oh well. <clears throat> so when I got the job at the off, the first straight person to get a job at the off-ramp was Sue. Before that, it was a gay bar. Okay. And then... Oh, that sounds like a gay bar. Yeah, the off-ramp. Okay, the off-ramp. It was right right by an Mm off-ramp. And Lee Ray decided, hey, this grunge thing is happening, and I want to start... I have a big theater here, and all I'm doing is drag shows, and every Wednesday is lesbian night, and then the leather community comes in on Saturdays. But... The other clubs in town are selling out with this with crazy rock music. I'm going to start having rock music here. Our new wave nights in uh, Florida were usually at gay bars. There it is, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. <clears> you, could, so, like, you could like take a night, especially like a Tuesday night. Tuesday nights were, I believe, memory serves pretty prime. Like you come out and you can like listen to Sisters of Mercy and House Martins yeah. or whatever. Because exactly. that wasn't a big, uh, you know, that wasn't a big with the usual uh, clientele. Well, and what he's, you know, his initial idea was like, well, Tuesdays are always hard to fill. We'll put this rock music in. Mm-hmm, sure. And then he he had a few bands on a Tuesday night, and they sold six hundred tickets and ten thousand dollars worth of booze. And he was like, maybe we should have this on Thursday too. <laughs> this might be and worth trying a second time. <laughs> he said to me one time, he was like, here's the thing about lesbian night: mm-hmm. we get a thousand people here. But they all nurse one drink all night long. And then they're all married and living together the next day. (laughs) Here's the thing about grunge rock night. Uh More drinks get spilled (laughs) than we sell. (laughs) More more people buy a drink, turn away from the bar and drop it and have to turn around and get another one than we sell in, you know, all the lesbian nights in a month. Thank God for the poor coordination of Mookie Blaylock. (laughs) It's exactly right. So by the time I got Uh hired, he was like, 
look, I got to get some straight kids in here. I don't know what this is all about, and I just need I need staff, and I need them to be whatever these kids are, you know. And he interviewed me, and he was like, uh, uh, oh, okay. Have you ever worked in a bar before? No. Have you ever? Do you know how to do anything? No. What? How did you know? Do you have a home? No. You know, I had just arrived in Seattle. I didn't know anything. Uh-huh. The way I got the job was my high school girlfriend's sister was spending a year and a half as a lesbian and had gotten Kel- a is this job. Kel- in, Kelly's, Kelly's sister this was, Kelly's uh, was sister. testing the waters. Keller's sister, Kelly's sister, Peggy, was mm-hmm. very lesbian in 1991. Mm-hmm. And she was leaving Seattle and moving back to Anchorage. And she, and I was in touch with her. And she was like, oh, you should get you should call my boss, Lee Ray, because he wants to hire a straight guy. And I was like, sold. Mm-hmm. So I was the second one. Well, the third person hired was Davey. Damn. And Davey shows up, and Davey's like from San Diego, and he wears tight denim. Very cute. Everybody fell in love with him immediately, including me. Mm-hmm. Davey worked there for four months before Lee Ray asked him for his ID, and it turned out he was 20. That's a good story. Sure. And so <laughs> then Davey had to sit in the restaurant for a month and a half. (laughs) Aging like a wine or a cheese. (laughs) He couldn't work, but he didn't have anywhere else to go. Oh, that's funny. He would come in for his shift time and he would be made to sit in the restaurant with an, with a black X on his hand for a month and a half. And the day he turned 21, he was rehired and went back to doing his, his job, his old job. That's Davey's wow. story. And by the time Davey got rehired, the staff was 90% straight grungers and only like the last, you know, the la- like the real diehard 10% of the staff was still from the old days. Damn. So I go on the Facebook page and I'm, I'm looking at all the pictures and a lot of the pictures from uh, on this page were taken right after I was fired. So, oh, that's such a strange feeling. It's like when you see somebody you think of as an ex, and then you see them and they look happy and have different haircut. It's a really strange feeling. And this was all the people I knew and worked with, all of my friends, all the people I met when I first came to Seattle. Wow. And they're all doing stuff with each other, you know, laughing and somebody, you know, sure. Robert is holding Davy up and Davy's uh, pretending to bonk him on the head. And Jeff is there with a pork pie hat and oh, elaborate sideburns. And I'm not in any of them. Sue is there. Nami. Sage. And the thing is, I think they hired Sage to replace me. So Sage is in every picture. How long was Sage there? Well, I think Sage was there for like six years. Wow. And then Sage went to work at the Rock Candy and he was there for six years. Wow. And the last, oh, the last time I saw Sage in person, I was at Val's bar because Val, so Val was from Bulgaria and Val showed up at the off ramp, didn't speak a word of English, had, had left Bulgaria with his best friend. They were in a rock band in Bulgaria and they were leaving Bulgaria and they, they wanted to go to Germany. So Val learned German. And his friend, Bobby, learned English just in case, just in case they weren't allowed into Germany. Somehow they made it to America all the way to Seattle. Uh-huh. They showed up at the bar. Val spoke not a word of English. Bobby was the one in, that had been that, – that had learned English for this job. But Bobby spoke 
three words of English. And they showed up together as a team. And at this point, I was assistant manager of the bar. And they were like, you know, blah, 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 snooba, dooba, dooba. And I was like, I don't know, man. You know, mm-hmm. you guys don't speak any English at all. And Lee Ray, on his way past me, was like, hire him. Hmm. And so I hired him. And I think Bobby became a bar back. Val became something else. In three years' time, Val was managing the bar. Spoke fluent English. Um, there's just I, I I do apologize. These are there's so many names here. Val is one of the two Bulgarians. Val is Val is one of the two Bulgarians. Okay, okay. Bobby ended up getting. Well, the, we talk uh, about an American success, or in this case, a uh, Bulgarian success story. Good for Bulgarian them. They arrive with like three words of English between them, and and this is terrific. Yeah, and then Bobby gets a job as a graphic artist at Starbucks, and now I think he's vice president of graphic arts at Starbucks and lives wow. in a helicopter. Oh, that's lives amazing. In a, lives in a helicopter that's hovering over Sweden somewhere. Huh. So those two guys, you know. But anyway, so Val went on to own his own bar. I was at Val's bar one time. Sage walks in. This is just a few years ago. It's a birthday party for kind of a high mucky muck in Seattle. And Sage has been hired as the magician Mm. And Sage does 40 minutes of Whoa, comedy. that's a long set of magic. 40 minutes of comedy and magic. Uh, not funny or magical. Yeah, but that's kind of what Sage, magic is. Sage is a beloved character in Seattle, and so everybody, you know. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. And it was a birthday party. What are you going to do? Yeah. So I'm on, the, I'm on the Facebook, and then I think, well, since I'm here. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Since I'm here, why not? Why not go over and look and see what people are saying? Right. At this point, you've been, the phrase I would use in my <clears throat> ADHD-addled mind is the hook is in. Yeah. I have to be very careful in life about what the hook, whether when I, whether I even realize there is a hook. And then I often, I mean, I realize until it's too late that the hook is in. See also tagging MP3s. We go like, oh, Shit, I guess the tag got in a couple hours ago and I never bothered. In this case, it's clear, it's becoming, not clear to you, but th- there's a path now to something. If, 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 if that particular morning someone had said, hey, John, are you going to be bouncing around the islands of social media today? You'd be like, fuck off. But you ended up, now there's an attractive nuisance and you want to learn more about the fate of uh, Punk Rock Davey, maybe. Well, um, so uh, Punk Rock Davey, like that's a that's a benign search, but I'm but I once I'm in Facebook, so you can reconnect with your old pals. You can see the Bulgarians, you know. The thing is, we're going to have a ceremony. We're all going to be there. Mm-hmm. There's going, you know, we're all going to pour you could one do some out. Magic. I don't know any sage might, <laughs> but Sue might be there. It's going to be. It's very exciting. You know, and I'll see you love Jack, reconnecting. I you, I mean, if I may I say, it, it strikes me that you, especially you like reconnecting when you're not sure how it ended or why. But I think in general, you're somebody who enjoys reconnecting and you enjoy the Delta. Whereas I fear the Delta between, say, high school in 1985 and now you seem very attracted to the like, oh, my gosh, look, we're all here and we've all changed. What's what's different now? Yeah. That, yeah, that's catnip yeah. for you in some ways, right? I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. And yeah. here we all are. And we the thing is, this is the thing I learned when I first went to a high school reunion. Even though I haven't seen you for 30 years, we've known each other for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like, just because we haven't seen each other doesn't mean we haven't known each other for 30 years. True. It's yeah. been 30 years. Or in the case of high school people, it's, it's been the 30 essential years. version of compound interest in some ways. 
exactly. And you mm-hmm. do know them. You know them. You know them intimately, right? Yeah. Now, I, I don't think Richard is going to come, but maybe. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Anyway, and oh, and then and then the other Richard, of course, uh, died a long time ago. But so I'm on there, and I because well, he's only known as other Richard. <laughs> he was really, you know, it's what do they call it? Uh, the uh, the nom- nomenclature uh, fatalism or whatever. Like when you name your name your daughter Jeeves. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He was the other Richard, although he was the first guy to stick his tongue up my nose. Is that right? Is there a yeah. plaque there, like a blue plaque there now? No. You go from email, you go from email to LinkedIn to now, uh, and again, there's so many people in events. At this point, the, you're attracted, you're about to go, and you still have a, a Facebook account. At this point, you're about to go yeah, check yeah. out. And is it the I'm off-ramp a- group in particular you're going to check out? No, I've I've already been there and okay, I'm done. Okay. But I'm looking up at the top bar, you know, and they tell you, oh, you've got a bunch of people have contacted you. There's a bunch <sighs> of times when you've been mentioned. What a nightmare. All these things, and I'm there, and these little red these little red things up there are flashing. They're look they're calling me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And so I go and I look, you know, and it's always a risk. It's always a risk. But I go, I look, and then I end up at Gary's van. The, oh, okay. The, the Facebook fan group yes. where our where our friends, uh, yes. you know, they collect, and I. Uh, oh, is this going to make me sad, John? No, I don't think so. I, oh, I, is it going to make know, you sad? Well, you never oh, know. Come on, and, and a little, this is a, a good little one. bit. Don't the hurt thing, me. The thing is that that at Gary's van, here's one of the <laughs> things that defines that group okay. is that they speak truth to power. Oh, the, cool. the kids at De- Gary's van it's don't a mess for around. Power. If they don't, if you say something or I say something they don't like, they're just going to call it out. They're going to say, they're going to say, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no. You know, they're going to say, my friend told me to go to rehab and Mm -hmm. I said, no, you know, and Merlin said this. Oh, I see. see. They tried, they tried to make them. I see. Yeah. Dan said this. John said this. Okay. 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 okay, okay. This is really just as minimal of this part as possible. Okay. Right. So, uh, so, Gary's van, which is a, you know, a group of power. Yeah. So I read. I'm reading over there, and it's dangerous because because there are people over there I consider friends and and longtime supporters, and sometimes they can say things that hurt my feelings. But somebody in the comments of some post somewhere says, you know, John didn't want to uh, start sleeping better because he was afraid that normal sleep would make him normal. Mm. And I was like, you know, that's a very concise way of putting it. You know, like if I were to sleep yeah. normally, then I would become a normal. And I have been normal for the last month and a half, and it's been awesome. Wait, was I've that all been, to get to that poll quote? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been, I've just been <laughs> normal, but so, so normal. I can't decide if I envy your mind or hate it. Okay. And, all right. Last night. So last so, <laughs> catching up. So last night, I'm here at the house. Uh-huh. I put my little girl to sleep. You know, we've been we've been hanging out. We went down. We went down to the beach. We've been playing uh, you, cards. You, 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 I'm not saying you're leaving. I don't. I hate it when people tell somebody whether they're telling a story wrong. I think yeah. the critical part of this to to walk away with is that after over a decade of doing this podcast, where I, there's been so many things that like, um, well, I think one of your uh, 
Bet's Noir has been sleep. Like you, yeah. you yeah, think yeah. about aliens, you think about your pillows turning into owls, or in fact, you believe in your heart of hearts that your pillows did turn into owls on some level. But for sleep sure. has been a tough thing for you in some ways. You even when you're sleeping with somebody you like, they touch your feet and it freaks you out. But yeah, the, there's the, a possum in the walls. It's so many things. Oh my god, that story. But I, it strikes me that like in this calendar year so far, probably maybe earlier, but it sounds like in this calendar year is for the first time in a very 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 long time several of those challenges for you seem to be moving in a different direction. And, mm. and I mean lots of them, because there's, mm. you know, it's fun to go on Facebook and, and diagnose somebody whose voice you've heard. But what I can tell you that I know about you is it's not one thing. It's not just fear mm. of being normal. It's also that, like, goddamn, man, that's the time of night when the demon dogs come. And, like, I do you want to, you feel like you need to, one feels like they need to challenge them to get through it. I don't want to go be alone in bed. I don't want to deal with this. I But I want to be, I want to be a person who gets up. But the crazy part, as you've described it anyway, is that not only were you sleeping better, Arguably the most insane part from my POV, you were going to bed like a person before midnight. I was going to bed like a person. Is that accurate? And you were like getting sleep like a person and getting up I was. in the morning? This all ha- no, If anybody who's struggled with sleep will recognize that that is so not any one thing. No, I was getting all it's one, the you can, sleep. You can get to sleep at 7 o'clock. I, I took a nap at 6 the other night, 6 yeah, p.m. Isn't that, oh my, that was me for two years. 6 p.m. nap. But that might mean uh, I get up what, what is early and late at that point. I mean, you're so uh, off of the cycle, it doesn't seem reasonable. Uh, but like the, the remarkable part that you've shared with us in the last few weeks is that you were, you've been, maybe top line, you've been sleeping on something closer to a normal schedule. You've been going to bed earlier than you ever would on the reg and getting up more. And then per, perhaps- Way the, earlier. And the cherry on top was that you liked it and you felt good about being up in the morning, for example, and not being dogged in the middle of the night by uh, by playing threes or something. Absolutely correct. But that's all. I just want to make but, sure people are up to speed on that. But last night, you know, the uh, my daughter's bedtime is probably later than it should be. It's 9.30. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you, I don't know what time bedtime was at your house. I, my kid, I think because- cause, they, they would like some time with their phone is uh, my kid goes to bed generally at seven thirty or eight and spins in a chair and looks at their phone and looks at the phone for mm-hmm. an hour. I don't, I don't, I don't track it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not my thing for a 14 year old. I'm not the sleep cop. Um, you know, my kid needs to figure out when they fuck up. So that's, you know, I, I, I'm not there to be the the headmaster with the Yahtzee hat, la la la. But anyhow, that's, I think that's fine. And you're, wait, I got to remember, what's, what's the difference between our kids 14 and uh, 10? Uh, she's, 10, she's almost 11. She'll be oh, 11 in a, in a month. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. Anyway, 11, anyway. 11. Yes. Here comes. And, and so, and and so, so it, when it gets to be nine or nine fifteen, out of curiosity, do you start gently hurting? Do you start saying time to brush teeth, get jammies? Like, uh, do you so start hurting she, at nine? She's really good when the when the hammer comes down. Uh-huh. I let her go right to 9:30. <gasps> kind of like you getting on a plane. I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's okay. running around, you know, she's got her she's got a cloak on and is casting spells yeah. and at 9:30 I'm like, "It's 9:30, baby." And she Pew. doesn't she doesn't put up a fight. That's she goes awesome. right to the bathroom, brushes her teeth, into bed, lights off. And if she sits there and stares at the ceiling in the dark, that's fine, but she typically doesn't. She goes to sleep. Right. Well, what I've realized though is that there's only if I'm if I'm normal man, mm-hmm. there's only what an hour before I need to start right. f- feathering my nest. Right. 
Right, right. The, 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 like, like, so in my case, and I've been trying to go to bed earlier as well with varying levels of success, but I, I feel what you mean. You really feel that when you're, when you're, you got a fresh baby and mm, like, fresh and baby. You, on the one hand, you never know at any second you could be called into something that you have to deal with for 30 seconds or seven hours. You never know. You don't know how long the kid is going to sleep, right? You don't know if it's going to be one minute or 15 hours, that kind of thing. But like eventually you get to this like, okay, I, uh, for now anyway, there's a period of like one to three hours where I get to do all the other things I need to do that aren't yeah. actively taking care of the kid. But now your window is, is the downside, you're saying. N- your window is now narrowed a bit. Well, it's so small, that, and I've got to hit that I gotta hit that target, and I was doing. You need some to be as ready as she is, right? And, and you, here's what I yeah, did: yeah. I ate two uh-huh. dark chocolate peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. Dark chocolate peanut. Oh, you mean like a Reese's, like a like a personal sized? Just little two little personal sized dark you're chocolate. About like, you're talking about like like an inch across or an inch and a half across? No, not well. Yeah, the little ones, the little ones that was look it actually like, a pie, John? Be honest. You know what they are? They're no, they're the little ones that if you put them on top of a of a Barbie, they would look like a little chocolate crown. You know, they're sized oh, for a Barbie head. That's, I know, nothing. but it's dark chocolate. Oh, and true. so then I'm like, oh, time for bed. I'll read a little David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. I go lay down. It's a reasonable hour. It's like 10:45. I'm like, I have the virtue of of a prince you know look at me reading in bed like somebody in a movie here i am i'm reading in mm. bed i'm not looking at my phone i'm reading i'm i'm da, 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 da. i read a little bit and then i'm like well i'll just look at my phone for a second oh. then i look up it's one o'clock in the morning and i is go it fair, oh. is it fair to infer that that was filled with phone times Oh no! There were no fun times. It was phone, just phone times. Phone. phone times that you basically oh, found time. yourself disappearing into your fucking phone. What I did was, you know, I'm now on this whole Wordle thing where mm-hmm. it's not just Wordle and guess my word. It's all the it's all the adjunct and subsidiary Wordles and can, uh, Randall Monroe sent Ken Jennings a link to a. I, I'm in the control group. Uh, the control group. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh my God! Did, did, are we talking about two, literally two different Randall Monroe things from last week? No, it's the same one. Holy shit, that's so fucking funny. I I know. I laughed funny. and I laughed and I and I'm trying not to be a dick about things that make other people happy. I'm trying not to yuck on a yum, but I love that. So Randall posts it's two stick figures. One of them says, "Are you playing Wordle?" And the other one says, "I'm in the control group." And he says, "And then what was what was the line underneath the cartoon?" I don't remember. It's something like, you know, what, what, what I say whenever you know, somebody asks me about something popular. Uh, you say, um, uh, I don't even have a TV? Is no, this something I would need a television to know about? <laughs> or is this something I would need a television to understand? Which works in a lot of situations. Sorry, I heisted your joke. It's just that was my favorite joke last week. No, sometimes you also say, I'm a ceramicist. Oh, I, I say that if somebody pretends that they want to know what I do, but actually find out, try to guess how much money I make. Oh, is that? Oh, that's the thing. Well, no, that's where it started. It started with meeting other parents who go like, where are you applying for this? Or blah, 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 blah. Or like, you know, something as simple as, yeah, we do fluff and fold. Oh, really? Well, where do you do fluff and fold? It's like, fuck off. You don't care. Why don't don't I just like give you a spreadsheet? You know, I'm a ceramicist. Fluff and fold. Wow. No, we, we, we we can't have 220. What Randall said, what Randall sent was a thing called Wiki Trivia dot tom j watson dot com and it's a thing where they where they throw up a picture 
of something in history and you're just supposed to drag it onto the timeline. Is this before or oh, after? Oh, I've seen this. John Kimball from Election Profit Makers does this with trying to identify. You would. Oh, God, I'm, why am I telling you about this? Where you look at a picture and you have to identify where it is. is yeah. It oh, that's a. I, no, I used to play that and that drove me absolutely crazy. Because John Kimball got pretty addicted to it. I was too. Because ninety-eight percent of shit, the pictures, ninety-eight percent of the pictures of the world are a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. This is some place where my feet hurt once. And you're like, wow, okay. And so you start driving up the road, and pretty soon you can, and oh, and they blur out all the signs that would tell you where you are. So you're just looking at businesses, right, and right. you're like, oh, I guess that looks like Thai. So I guess I'm in Thailand. And now I have to put a dot on the map of the world where I think I am. I loved that game. I would play it for hours. No, this is this is different because some of them are really easy. It's like, well, was Queen Victoria born before or after the Council of Trent? And you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. Oh, but, I see. But okay. then, they, then they start throwing these things in, which is just like the seventh Duke of Edinburgh. And you're like, who? Right. Or like the, you know, the Marmalux. And it... And so it's really hard to get a. Uh, it's really what well, the goal is to get an uninterrupted string of right answers. Mm-hmm. And I maxed out at twenty one. That's the twenty one. Which that beats, seems extraordinary. It beats both Ken and Randall's top score, okay. which infuriates them both. Mm-hmm. But so I'm doing. Hey, tell, that. tell him I said hi. I really enjoy his work. You can tell both of them that. But Randall Monroe, I have some of his books, and I really enjoy his work. No, he's very. He's wonderful. Yeah. So I don't look at the time and then it's one o'clock in the morning and I go, I, I'm like, Oh, I no, no, no. I had a very narrow window. I had to, I had to stick. And, the but like, here. like that almost seems unfair where you're it like, is. shit, I was doing so good. It's one thing to have a 21 answer streak in this, in this game for pointy headed dorks. Yeah. But like I had another streak going on and I've lost, I, I lost my presence of mind for a minute. Kind and of. Then, well, yes, I did. And then the worst was, oh, wait, it's one o'clock in the morning. I can do the next day's Wordle. Oh, because oh, it starts over every day. It starts okay. over every day. And oh, then it was shit. like, well, I might as well do the guess my word. And of course, it's one o'clock in the morning, so I got my worst score on either. Anyway, the point is, uh-huh. I lay down, turn off the light, I lay down in bed, and then those peanut butter cups have got my foot going. Don't, 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 don't. And I'm like, enough, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. You know, do just your, a little bit of the sugar affects you. Do your normal sleep routine mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm. imagine all the members of the Bush administration buried in the desert in a mm-hmm. shipping container where you're in there, you know, just like slightly gaslighting them by changing the changing the walls. Right. That you can just barely puts, hear Dick Cheney quack. It puts me to sleep every night, you know, because what's wonderful is there's always somebody new that can be introduced to the gang. Right, there's always like, hey, everybody, Tucker Carlson is joining us. You yeah, know? but then like, part of the gaslighting is they're not sure. Like, was that Char- right. was that Charlie Manson? And you're like, right. maybe. Right, and he, they only glimpse him through their windows. Exactly. That it's going like to be like, again, like Death of Stalin, where you're going to see a lot of people dying, a lot of people moving through the hallway, and you're going to be, oh, you know, oh my God, was that Glenn Gould? It's like, no, he's been dead for a while, but good guess. <laughs> good guess. <laughs> right, because you give everybody, a, during the induction process, mm-hmm. you give everybody a funny haircut. So it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I was, Carson? I've been watching a lot of uh, Hitler things lately and mm. um, they, they were talking we about, talk about that. We should circle back to that. Oh, do you don't even want to know? I'm so deep. I watched, I've watched five bands of brothers uh, episodes. I oh, rewatched, dear. rewatched, Those but I also, I, I re I'm rewatching world at war. Uh, and, but anyway, I was thinking, you know, when in 40, I want to say three, when Tom Cruise tried to blow up Hitler, but the Oak table saved him, you know? Yeah. 
43 yeah. or so, right? Yeah, um, sure. And I was just thinking, like, how he got so paranoid and he was all gacked out on uh, on Hitler pills. Yeah. And, like, it would be kind of fun if they started doing a thing where you'd show up somewhere and it would be, like, the casting call and the producers. And there was just, like, dozens of Hitlers, many of whom were obviously fake. I think in your oh. project, I don't take you off your thing here, but you should show up and there should be, like, 15 Glenn Goulds there. Like, guys, like, Canadians in gloves with Donald Caps wandering around. Like, as we know, Hitler hated Goldbergs. But the point being, I think that would be a lot of fun for a Dick Cheney. That would be a nice way to lighten things up, is he sees 13 of himself in the mess hall. See, I love that. I, you know, if you, you went to make him wonder, make him wonder. If you went to Vegas and you got like a Elvis impersonator and a Kurt Cobain impersonator, yes. and you just let Dick Cheney get a glimpse, and you don't, he's not in his jumpsuit. He's in the same prison outfit that Cheney's in, but it's Elvis. Maybe it's he, him from but, different times. Maybe it's he also sees himself from the '60s or something, or he sees himself yeah. from the uh, the, the uh, Gerald Ford years. He sees Ronald Reagan and he turns and kind of waves at him on his way to the he electric chair. turns around. Chair. It's actually a Frankie Goes to Hollywood video. Oh That'd my be pretty God. cool. I love this. Capture that. That's good. Okay. So anyway, anyway, anyway um, you're anyway. up now. Your leg, your foot is twitching because of dark chocolate Reese. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. so, and I'm at this point, at this point, I'm listening to the advice of my psychologist, which is if you can't sleep, don't stay in bed, get up. That's what they say. And so I get up. I'm wandering around the house. I'm too tired to do anything, but I, my foot is bouncing. I can't go to sleep. So long story short, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Do you feel like, well, I just, I, I'm, I, I know like all of my friends, you don't like being encouraged by me. Um, I, I hope secondarily that, that what I suspect, which is that you're not going to let this screw up everything you know no, no, this, no. this you you're gonna have bad nights you've, you've had bad nights a lot in your life and you've come back to where you want it to be yeah. but do, are you, how do you feel about it are you just i'm gonna learn my lesson i'm gonna, gonna learn, learn my lesson. lesson i am i am when that window opens when that 9 30 to 10 30 window is there i'm yes. gonna be like you know what i'm doing i'm putting these i'm gonna put the files back in the file cabinet i'm gonna put the dishes in the dishwasher I'm going to go around the house. I'm going to turn off all the lights that my ritual, daughter Ritual on. can be very useful. Yes. Ritual, you know, that I has need. a lot of valence to it as a word. But the wind down ritual, the closing the blinds ritual, yeah. the like brush your teeth, wash your hands, wash your face, like developing that kind of ritual I think can be extremely powerful. And I think the you know, the science types say so as well. So you're not giving up on yourself, right? No, no, Merlin. I, 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 I gained too much ground mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lose it. To something, at, you know, uh, the thing is, what I would lose it to is not last night's lack of sleep. What I would lose it to is despair. I would get sad uh-huh. that I had screwed up, and then that would propel me into further screw ups, and I'm not going to let it happen. I got a busy day today. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to try and stay up all day, and then I'm going to go to bed at a reasonable hour. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a lot to deal with. The feeling bad about it is real. I mean, I, I'm i not kidding. Like, this is what, again, the, the, the term in Buddhism is the second arrow. It's so much worse, the pain that we see now a lot of people. It's like people who say, I have to work. I got a mortgage. And you're like, well, yeah, like you chose the mortgage, idiot. But <laughs> like the, the way you one beats up on oneself, that's the second arrow. Mm. Pain and, and disappointment and bummers are just part of life. It's just that, especially people, when we, when we regard ourselves as smart, there are so many things we stop believing are optional. And there's so many things we start feeling have to be the way they are, either because they've always been that way 
whatever. I just, I'm just here to say, and people bristle at this. I feel like people bristle at this, and that's a bummer, is that you would be shocked to learn how much in life is optional. And that's why, again, in my, in my little document I'm writing, when people say things like, when they excuse away the shit in their life, the trouble they cause themselves, the trouble they cause others, all of this, this trauma and agony in life, and because of things they quote-unquote have to do. Mm. And I'm always like, you don't have to do anything but die. Like, everything else is optional. And even if you just imagine that that's true, how transformative could it be in your life? I'm not trying to be fucking all, you know, Eckhart told Tony Robbins. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if you, if you just for a moment, for a weekend, assumed that more shit in your life was actually optional, you would be horrified, terrified, and maybe eventually a little bit inspired. Do you want to know something? Yes. Yes, you there? Yes, you there. Mm. <laughs> 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 Um, so I had a turn, I, I, I turned a corner this week, this weekend to okay. yesterday, to, yesterday. Oh, okay. In the so, Sunday, February 6th. I'll put it on my calendar. Su- Sunday in the middle of the afternoon. Okay. I went to town. I hitched up the horses to the wagon. Oh. Uh, and, uh, I took, took, took the took Surrey the old, into old, old town. town. Yep. Fringe on top, old town road. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And I spent the day on Capitol Hill. Your old, uh, your old haunt. That's my old haunt. I know every inch of it. Walked around. Uh, I saw uh, Jason Finn, Seattle's luminary Gen X uh, drummer, walking around. Uh, we hung out a little bit. I was with my little girl. We watched a softball game. We went to a rock concert featuring one of her little friends, a little school of rock show that was, you know, that was specifically on Capitol Hill to give the kids a taste of like what it's what rock is really all about. And I walked but around. Primarily, up there. Capitol Hill used to, is, is like is a sort of uh, uh, in terms of uh, cognates. That's kind of your Castro, right? Uh, it used yes, to be. Used absolutely. To be? It okay. was. It was an um, upscale gay neighborhood at one time. At one time, it was the it was the arts neighborhood. So okay. it was the gay neighborhood, but also the rock neighborhood and the theater neighborhood. And uh, walking around, and I'm looking at the the people that live there. And the things that they're up to, and I'm getting a vibe, you know, I'm like looking at, I'm waving, I'm smiling at people, I'm, hello, it's, you know, da-da-da. And I have that thing of like, <laughs> Counselor. This, was, this was my neighborhood, <laughs> yep. and now it's your neighborhood, and that's the way of nature, you know? And, oh, I, I could bore the shit out of you with what this Kentucky Fried Chicken used to be. But, or what, you know, and it's not even a Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. It was a Kentucky Fried Chicken in between what it used to be and what it is now. Whoa. Oh, but da, but da, and this mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. and boy, this is used she, to be Is she having field. fun? Is she enjoying what you're doing? Oh, no, I'm not doing that to her, because she would just be, she would oh, kill me. Oh, but I mean, like, is she enjoying the uh, the the trip out? Is she, is she seeing the sights? Would she rather be doing something else? Be on the no, phone she, or something? No, she saw her, she saw her friends, and that was oh, important. Oh, of course, you said as much. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my, uh, my lady friend and my daughter went to see her friend dance in a Chinese parade. You gotta support your friend's band. Gotta man. go support the band. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. important. But we're walking around and I have a few interactions with people and in general, you know, the vibe, just the vibe, the general vibe. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm thinking the thoughts that, you know, kind of similar to the ones you were just expressing, which were thoughts that I have all the time, which is like, you know, it could be a lot easier if there were just, if, 
you know, there was just a couple of generally accepted revelations or realizations about how to get along with other people or what the world is like, or, you know, just like endure a little bit of suffering before you write a letter, mm-hmm. you know, like all this kind of thing, all these thoughts. And I had this sudden, and it's the first time it's ever happened to me, this sudden feeling of like, you know what? Maybe it's time for a war. Hmm. Uh, Maybe a, uh, a geopolitical uh, a bellicose saber rattle fight, fight or your yeah, war? Yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. You know, oh, like every mm-hmm. every. Since then, they go to the mattresses. Time to clear the air a little bit. <laughs> every six years, it was all real proud of you, Mikey. Like everybody up here feels like they want a war. They feel like they're squaring off for a war. And I'm. I've spent my like the last 20 years going, no, 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 that's not what you want. Like, Hey, it's, it's yeah, simple. Yeah, and, Uncle, and grandpa, uncle Joe, just, just, uh, well, at much cost, got us out of the whole thing with Afghanistan. Maybe, maybe it's time to pick a, pick a new one, you know, it was a fresh start, new war. Well, no, but I mean, maybe it's time for a war here. Oh, you mean literally, okay. Literally a figurative war in Capitol Hill. No, a literal war. N- like and the- not just a neighborhood stick fight. No, the vibe is so strong, and I feel it all the way across the country, where it's like, oh, everybody thinks they want a war, did like Capitol, a real war. Did Capitol Hill, I'm sorry, my brain is so corroded. Did, no, did they have one of those George Floyd Square style things a while they back? Had, they had one of the number one ones, yeah. Tell me, yeah, tell, they tell had me the, about that. That's that the kind of thing you're talking about? That's what you're talking about here, right? We're walking through the chop. This is the, this is, it's no longer the chop. It's back to being a, a baseball field. But this okay. was the place where they actually drove the police out of the East Precinct building and established an autonomous zone mm-hmm. in the center of the town where the cops weren't allowed and it was a like a free marketplace of But it, ideas. it becomes like a Capitol Hill checkpoint Charlie like That's you right. would defend it. That's right. You had to go through the barricades mm-hmm. and it was a free speech zone and it lasted about as long as you would expect before it became like a like a hazardous uh, and dangerous sort of, you know, because like eventually fire, that, that might start out with the grandest. I, this is just, uh, I'm not criticizing anybody here, but no, it strikes me. Well, but it strikes me that something like that, because I've been pseudo semi involved with things not unlike that. It starts out with the highest intentions and the best, the, the finest people doing their best, but like eventually it tends to get a little, a little frayed. And the cops the second were like, string comes in, and maybe they're not quite as restrained. That's the problem. It was like me with the meth guys at at, at Jeff's bar. You know, it was all fun and yeah. games, and I was getting some spritz in there until pretty soon mm. the meth guys are there, and then pretty soon I'm part of the problem. Ugh. I mean, I guess I was always part of the problem. It's eh. just the problem got more serious. But the cops got out of East Precinct, and then it was like that they they did, of course, that uh, that. <laughs> Chicken shit, crybaby cop thing. Oh, I like, know. Oh, you like, don't want to be policed? Well, fine. Then we yeah. won't even police. They'll, n- n- they'll never shout he'll hear Harold again. Like, <laughs> okay, we get it. We get it. Don't Henry the Fifth me. But I don't know. I, it it feels like all the people on Capitol Hill want mm-hmm. a war, but they think they're going to war with Arkansas. And <laughs> I was in Arkansas recently, and it felt like they wanted a war, but they thought they were going to war with Capitol Hill and Seattle, and that's not how it's going to play out. The people in Capitol Hill are going to go to war with each other, and the people in Arkansas are going to go to war with each other. But we're getting closer and closer because just the vibe on the street. It's like a sunny day. We got uh, we got upscale restaurants all around us, and everybody here is traipsing around in their pink roller skates, and yeah. we're having a, a day. But there is uh, there is like a blanket of negativity that feels violent. Like, uh-huh. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I got a little taste of this. I've talked to this about a few people recently. I was talking to Alex about this on Dubai Friday. I feel like people are getting a little bit weird. I think I think it's not you cannot write it down to one thing. It's not just that we forgot how to interact with other people during the uh, pandemic, but like I just feel like even like when the what's our local football team 49ers played last week and like just walking past the bars where all the thumbs are out screaming at each other. Like there is a very I imagine this is a little bit what 1968 felt like. I believe you're right. Where there's just something that's not quite right, and this could break bad anytime. Except 1968, and maybe we weren't there, so we don't know. No. But in retrospect, the the boomers made it seem like that it was a hopeful time. Because. (laughs) Tell that to people in Czechoslovakia. (laughs) Right. But I mean, you know, it seemed like it was exciting because the institutions were this and the enemy was clear. And now it just feels like. Uh, uh, all against all. And it doesn't, I'm sure that to the people that are like, that are man in the barricades, it doesn't feel like that because to them, the enemy is clear. But to me, it's like, oh, I don't think that's how it's going to play out. I think like, I think it's, this is closer to French revolution where the end result (laughs) is Mm. going to be Robespierre or Napoleon ultimately, but year, but we're going to have 20 years of this or 10, Mm -hmm. who knows? But, you know, five years ago, I was like, no, 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 look, punching Nazis is wrong. That's their language. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to them in our language, the language of liberal humanism. Yeah, put this daisy in the rifle barrel. And a lot of people were like, fuck you, man, punching Nazis. And I was like, wow, that's really not what I'm into. I mean, a lot of Nazis are better at punching than we are. Exactly my point, right? If you punch them, they got all the reason to punch you, and they are the nuts, right? They're the mm-hmm. ones that are hoarding guns and shit. Yeah. And then over time, I was like, okay, whatever. Fucking punch Nazis. Fine. You know? And now I'm like, it was the first time I ever felt this way. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I don't care anymore. It's not that I don't care. I deeply care. Yeah. It's that I feel like every once in a while there needs to, like you say, go to the mattresses. One of these days, a real rain's going to (laughs) come. Today's the day I settled all our family Uh affairs, you know? Like, (laughs) schlotzy. Strachi. <laughs> so don't oh, tell boy. me you're innocent. Uh, don't tell me. No, no. Then he kicks out that windshield. So I oh, feel Jesus. like I just I'm walking around. I'm like, you guinea yeah. brat. Because people don't <laughs> remember the last time blood was spilled. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the nose. And here it comes. And yep. I'm like, wow. I the first time I ever. It's not that I feel hopeless. It's that I feel like. May you live in interesting times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're gonna have to check back in. Um, you're gonna stay up, and I'm going try, the distance, and then try and get back to. My, I, you don't, you don't care for advice, and I, I, I love giving it, which is a no, problem. I, lo- I love advice. No, no. I love your all advice. I'm gonna say is, and I know I, I'm gonna stop talking and just talk now. Um, okay. Go easy on yourself. There's not that much to be gained by punishing yourself. I would say try and if you can try to adopt a lightness about this, you're going to be fine. All you, you just, you know what? You could do three more of these. You could fuck it up three more times and you can still bounce back. Yeah. Just don't, just don't feel like you need to drive that second arrow in because that makes it worse. I'm trying real hard. And the, and the, yeah. the, I think the thing that's motivating me is I was, I was thinking about it the other day. What I, what I got was not, there was no thing where that, where some door opened and like, and happiness and light flooded in. Mm-hmm. What happened was I, I was removing suffering mm. 
All these things that were causing me suffering, I was eliminating. And so I was in a state not of like newfound happiness and enthusiasm and, you know, like I wasn't out. Well, that kind of like the fake new age, like I'm going to fake it till I make it and act like a manic person, even though I'm riddled with sadness. Yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't go sign up for a gym Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to exercise two hours a day. Like I didn't do any of that. But what I did was, in the space of a couple of weeks, eliminate four of the main things that caused me massive grief. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they weren't there. And so there was a a lightness. Mm -hmm. And to to comment directly in the Gary's Van uh, lexicon, there was a normalness that I had not experienced, that I did not find was objectionable. I wasn't like, oh, no, I'm normal. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not look at the dishes in your sink. Whatever whatever muscle you exercise will get stronger. That's the problem in life. And if the muscle that one exercises, and again, not a, you know, PE person, but if the muscle that you exercise is the one that I'm constantly disappointing myself, and that becomes its own kind of tragic um, source of regularity and continuity. Like if you're used to, like when I used to get cold sores a lot, I would actually feel kind of relieved when I got a cold sore, because that meant that now the thing I was thinking about all the time finally happened and I could actually relax for a minute. Even though I was unhappy, I was unhappy in a way that I could understand. Yeah, right. You let the, you you let the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. All right. I don't want to lecture you. No, I, no, no. I, it's but you. I think you got this. You you got this, as they say. I see. I would. Li- I was about to say that I would listen to a Buddhist podcast with you and Dan. The <laughs> the truth is, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. but I would be I glad it was there. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. That's nice because it would be like a cold sore. It would let the steam off mm. for everybody. Right? All of your fans, they'd be yeah. like, oh, thank God it's there. We were waiting for it. Yeah. Kind of like, like the Beatles podcast that we keep promising people. Or Hitler. Or Hitler know? podcast. Yeah, I'll start preparing a curriculum. Not that we have to, not to which we must hew, but just to cover a lot of what I've been watching, because I have been watching a, a, a good deal of Hitler. You know what I've been watching is that um, I finally broke down. Um, because Netflix, I, I guess I'm out of Bolivian murder shows because it kept bring, bringing me that World War II in color series. Oh, I see. I haven't watched it yet. Cause well, I'm I, the, the, the footage is, is, is great. Um, but are the, there, um, are there, uh, are there P40 Thunderbolts, uh, uh, blowing up trains? I love to see an airplane. Uh, shoot, I don't know shoot the names of things, but I do know that especially late in the war, uh, you know what I'm going to say for you, uh, this, the Stalingrad episode is really choice. In color? Well, it's been, as we used to say in the 80s, colorized, but it's pretty, it looks terrific. But that's a story uh, I I knew roughly, but I didn't know. I had no idea how fucking, how crazy and resistant such a small group Mm. of Soviets Mm. were. I mean, obviously, on the one hand, Stalin says, hey, you know. You, you don't take a single step back. But just basically, they're just huddled by the Volga River for months. Spoiler alert, building up to what will be the probably the second most mind-blowing surprise attack of World War II. You know? Yeah, I, I watched that Jude Law movie. I feel like... Which I one can't. is that? What's it called? Is it, oh, is it about Stalingrad? It's Enemy of the Gates. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Oh, every, fuck. Every, a lot of people hated on it, but, you know, it's got... It's got uh, 
Ed Bigley Jr. or whatever. I said I said P forty. It's a P forty seven. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, no, but, no, but the I, whole I like you know that. hitting the supply lines and basically Stalin saying you know that they and they said the thing that I'd suspected too, which is that like one reason Hitler had it such a hard on for Stalingrad was he thought that would be personally yeah it had his ins- name right on it exactly right exactly right and, and then, he needed yeah then they got the pincer they did they the did the fucking pincer, pincer Ugh, is you never see the pincer. and that that guy whose name escapes me now the the general guy general uh, they say he's more of a back back room than front line general guy and how fucked he is because and of course at this point hitler's crazy on the hitler pills you should read a book called blitzed it's all about hitler and drugs um and um anyway that's all really good what a fucking story um, and then what was the other thing I was going to mention? I watched that. Oh, the Holocaust, or the uh, rather the um, uh, not Treblinka, but the the we yeah, liberating one of the labor camps. One, it's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. that episode of Band of Brothers is pretty rough too. Yikes! It is that I show's watched, so good, John. I haven't watched it in a long time because it I came I, out I, I two like days before nine eleven. We started watching no. it on a Sunday night. And then Tuesday came, and suddenly it was as much as I love. I love that show. I love especially the you know the first episode of that show is so good. David yeah. Schwimmer surprisingly good in that. Yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg, like all the great shows. Dexter Gordon, God, he looks like he's so young in that. Anyway, uh, hey, if y'all haven't checked it out, check out Banner Brothers. It's really good. Um, you know, I I I was on an international flight, uh-huh. some ten hour, twelve hour flight or something. I'm looking at the back of the t- uh, of the seat, flipping through things, and I come upon. The first episode of Band of Brothers. Oh, I'd shit. never seen it, and I didn't even think I hadn't even thought to see yep. it. Classic. And I'm like, no, oh, shit, I'll watch it. And I watched like six episodes of it back to back on this flight. Right. So and you got like, up, you got up to like the Ardennes. Like you I was might like, have this is the greatest the experience of my life. Oh if my only, fucking god! And your heart breaks. Every single person that dies is like, uh, oh my fucking god! I can't believe. Oh, and how great was Donnie Wahlberg as Lipton? He's so good in that. Oh, yeah, it's it's impeccable. It's that like if so you took if you took Saving Private Ryan and you took out the kind of dumb parts and yeah. you added in like 15 more people you cared about. And then you can hang out and uh, I'm still saving this one for a second full, well, not, this is my at least third or fourth rewatch, but I'm saving episode 10, the part where they show you who's who. The people who've been talking the whole oh, time. Oh yeah, you get to see them in their real selves. That's the, that's that right there. That's that that's Dick. That's Captain. Here's Dick. what I didn't understand. Why is the Pacific so not as good? I don't know. I've heard it's good. I have not watched it, but uh, it's the same team. It's the still same Tom same, Hanksy sort same of team, team, right? And it's only just good. It's not great. And you watch it and you're like, well, this is just as interesting a, a war. Why? Hope why? to shout. I mean, the brutality in so many ways for the actual soldiers, pound for pound, but was not, like. But somehow not as good of a TV show. That's good to know. I, 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 I'm aware of it, but I've never watched it. And the fact that I haven't watched it is, uh, is crazy to me. Fucking Michael Fassbender. Fucking, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy looks fucking, like 12. Fucking, 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 it is Tom Hardy. Fucking, you know, I'm just saying. How, God, did, how damn is it, it not the greatest? So here's the thing. I think the thing is you yes. go in not thinking it's going to be the greatest TV and maybe it's great. Mm. If you oh, go I love in stuff thinking like, that. like, oh, I love that was me in the Band movie Brothers. The Suicide Squad. I did not know what I didn't think it was going to be good, and then I loved it. Turns out, hmm. uh, the, the the one, the recent one, yeah, the with better the one. Angelina Jolie. Oh shit! No, that's Eternals. Don't watch that. It's oh, terrible. that's Eternals. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, the Suicide Squad that. that has uh, the kid who's the Joker. The Suicide Squad. 
Um, I'm trying not to say too much to people about this because the part of the fun is having low expectations. Okay. But uh, I'll just say that Sylvester Stallone plays a shark that thinks he's smart and isn't. Uh, a fish? Well, it's a mammal, technically, I think, isn't it? A, a, sh- well, they a nurse shark? They're young? Am I thinking of platypuses? No, a sh- a shark, it's a platypus. No, a shark is a fish. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, big fish, you know, you, know, you know me, you know what I do for a living. That's right. I'll catch that fish for you. Catch that bird. <laughs> you, um, know how I, you know how I catch a fish? I say, <laughs> you know how I catch a fish? I say, I, I, I caught a fish no one else did. You know I what you do? You go out and you do I you say put a rosary your, every time. You, <laughs> it was all real proud of you, John. <laughs> all right, that'll do, pig.